second the moon. Today is February 19th, and on this day in 1982, Ozzy Osbourne urinates on a statue near the Alamo, des- desecrating a Texas landmark. This is a it, this is the Crossroads Music Podcast. Eric, how are you tonight? I'm doing well. How are you? Nice. That picked up on the microphone, by the way. Sweet. It's very good. Uh, well, I stopped caring. To be <laughs> honest, like podcasts ago. <laughs> well, anyways, welcome to this week's podcast. We're gonna be talking about some music mm. stuff. Chasing dragonflies. Thanks for the raid. Uh, welcome in everyone. Yes. Uh, Eric, what is your drink of choice for today? So today I have an interesting one. And I was going to wait to bring this onto a special one, but I guess it might have like, it doesn't really fit the album we're listening to, but this is from Souk Brewing. It is a uh, coconut red ale and it is delicious. Coconut. However, when okay, interesting. When I when I saw this brewery, like all the cans look similar to this. Like it's just very funky. What's going on? So it's called Kona's Gone Coconuts, and it's a little dog playing the ukulele. Kona's Gone Coconuts, and there's a little crab with a little coconut, and it's Kona the dog. And so this is from Bad Dog Brewing out of Souk, which I've never heard of these guys. And uh, it says, Kona found her paradise on the other side of the rainbow. When it is time to get away and dream, uh, try this refreshing tribute red ale with a nice balance of malt to coconut and a tiny bit of bitterness to bring the memory of distant climbs and a lick on the lips from one good dog. So that's Kona. Kona's Gone Coconuts playing the ukulele. Nice. So, and how does it taste? Is the, it tastes is the real question because the coconut seems delicious. Odd. It tastes delicious, and it's like a very like. There's a lot of coconut flavor in this, but it's very like natural. Like oh. it's like I'm actually drinking. It's like they put co- they definitely put real coconut in here. So more like a coconut water versus a uh, shredded coconut type of thing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. There's no chunks in it, which is nice. Because remember that one beer I had? It had chunks of marshmallow in it, and I was like, I can't drink this. It's just too like. There's too much going on here. <laughs> mm. yeah, Chasing Dragonfly says, "Wouldn't let Kona lick uh, her on the lips." Are you sure? Not this one. <laughs> Not this Kona. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Um, all right, let's get into some music stuff. Eric, anything of note you've been listening to this past week? Yes, I listened to two albums, which were actually pretty decent. I'm not going to lie. Um, one band uh, is by a band called Giant Rocks. Um, they're a rock band. I just think the name is so lame. Giant Rocks. Giant <laughs> Rocks. Okay. Yeah. Um, and the album is uh, How Have You Been? And it's really good. I actually really enjoyed it. Um, I think that it's not their, like, I, th- I don't think they've done any other albums. Of course, my iPad's not. Giant Rocks? Why would you name your oh, band no, Giant done... Rocks? So this is the third album that they have out. And they are from Ham, Germany. Is it, Ham. is it giant rocks or giant rooks oh giant rooks giant rooks i read it wrong sorry 
my bad. Did you, so do you know this band then? No, no, I'm just Googling them now. They're a German yeah. indie rock band from Hom, mm-hmm. Germany. From Hom, Germany, yeah. Germany. Um, so obviously I fucked that up right off the get-go. So uh, Giant Rooks. I think it's because it probably took Rooks and auto-typed Rocks in my notes here. <laughs> That's probably what happened. There we go. Um, yeah, really good band. Check them out. They're they, awesome. They say their uh, influences are Bob Dylan and Bon Iver. Hmm. Does it make sense? Which is funny because they don't really sound anything like them. I would I would say it's like a bit of like a Kings of Leon feel in there with some like... Okay. There's a lot going on in there, but it's not just Bon Iver and <laughs> it's not just those two. Um, next band I checked out, their new album, Grief Chapter by Mother Mother out of Vancouver here. Um, it's actually really good. I, I've never really been a fan of Mother Mother, but uh, I think that this is definitely an album to get me a little bit more interested in the band for sure. So yeah, check out those two albums. Uh, they're both really good. Nice. Uh, on my end, nothing like crazy, but there's um, they're not a new band. They've been around for a while, but there's a band called Man with a Mission, um, and their look is so distinct because they all wear wolf uh, masks. So okay. just like you know those like um, at sports uh, sports games, the mascots with the giant like with the giant giant helmet for the the mascots they're basically mm-hmm. like wearing a mascot uh helmet but it's a wolf so all the members <laughs> in the band are wearing this giant thing on their head i don't know how they perform like a two-hour set doing this because it must be the heaviest like sweatiest thing but mm. uh music wise is actually pretty good they're pretty good mm. pretty good uh rock uh, electronic rock a little bit on the heavier side uh, they have a DJ in the band, so there's a lot of like sound effects they're able to like throw in, uh, mm. not just like guitar based drums, but pretty good. Nice. I would I would actually recommend it. Uh, Man with a mission. Man with a mission. Um, okay. Uh, nothing else other than that. Let's go into the music news. Uh, some stuff that actually happened over this past week. Um, I guess the first thing um, to note. Um, and some pretty sad news, but Brian Wilson of the Beach Boys fame is suffering from dementia at the age of 81. Uh, so effectively, that also means that the Beach Boys pretty much are not doing anything in terms of touring or releasing records. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the age of 81, I mean, like pretty good run, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, he is... Uh, He's suffering from dementia, and I think they're trying to put him in like a conservatorship or something like that. But I don't know. I don't know where that's going. Um, Lying in bed, just like Brian Wilson did. <laughs> oh, such a good song. Um, oh, it's so good. But also, with that news, uh, there is going to be a Brian Wilson album that is going to come out next year. Uh, there is a long lost 1970s country album that Brian Wilson uh, recorded. So mm. it's titled Cows in the Pasture. Uh, and they're, they're trying to release it for next year. So I assume they're trying to re-record some instrumentation and stuff. But essentially, mm. the whole album is a country album by Brian Wilson uh, that was never released. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what that sounds like today. Because like a 1970s country is definitely a lot different than what country is today. So mm. it'll be interesting to see what that uh that sounds like i think it could be good that'd be i'd be very interested to hear what that sounds like too because 
um, I don't know. He's just, he's just got a good way of like songwriting, Brian Wilson. You know, like mm. everything the Beach Boys made were great. Uh, he's done a couple side projects that were pretty good too. Yeah, so, yeah. Hopefully the harmonies on there are just like spot on because that would make oh. it like really cool. Oh yeah. Um. Also, someone who's releasing a country album, Beyonce's new album, Act Two, will be a country oh, yeah. album. It'll be released uh, in a couple months, I believe, maybe a couple weeks. Uh, but Eric, I did want to bring this up because I, as you, as the resident uh, country expert, I want to know <laughs> what's the over under that the country music charts and radio will not be playing Beyonce's new album. It it'll be interesting. I, I'm actually very intrigued to listen to this because I heard this on the news and I kind of laughed. I was like, "That's hilarious that she's." <laughs> deciding to make a country album but i don't think it's gonna i don't think it's gonna sound country i think it's gonna have a very r&b feel to the song which is fair because she is an r&b artist right right um but uh therefore i don't think the country charts are going to include it like i can't just see her singing like something like uh i don't know like re- uh, like a red solo cup song from like toby keith or like a you know like um like any kind of luke bryan kind of feel to her music like i can't see her just going full tilt country like she's just gonna have country elements in there i i think it's gonna be more of like oh here's some slide guitar and kind of a bit of twang to the guitar and then that's that's as much country as it's going to be but i could be wrong i could be wrong yeah, yeah, yeah. but uh i i think it's going to be very interesting to see if she'll actually to actually play it yeah because like, if they don't if they don't then i will be pissed off for her because the amount of stuff that they have on there, which I'm like, I don't know if this is country this shouldn't be on this chart uh they put on anyway so yeah 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 so like i do agree with you that i feel like beyonce's new album is not going to be traditionally like it's not going to be sonically country it's going to still have that pop r&b element to it which i feel like is going to be more forefront than country but Mm. if this album is truly like purely a country album undeniable country i still feel like people like the country charts, country radio will not play Beyonce's singles. Mm-hmm. I don't think so either because they're very stuck up in the country world about yeah. like you have to go through them in order to get big. And if you're just showing up already a big star, it's not really like in their jam. Yeah, like if it doesn't go through Nashville, I feel like it's gonna, which is yeah. funny because she's from Houston. So like that's like as yeah. south as you're gonna get, but like I don't know. I there's there's just a part of me that feels like when this thing gets released, it's just mm. there's just gonna be pushback from that segment of the industry and just like this is we don't accept this. Hundred percent. So I don't know what's better if she just makes a pop album that has country elements and then it just like you know it goes it charts like crazy and everyone loves it or if she goes full on country and then tries to like break through there yeah but i don't know it's it's going to be very interesting because uh i actually am curious to know which i'm going to look this up because nickelback's new album 
their album from last year, they have a country twist in that song. And I'm, I don't know if that song made it. Oh, uh, what's that album? Charts what's not. that album called? San San Quentin, the one with San Quentin. Yeah, there, San right? Quentin. Yeah, I think it's San Quentin. Country song, High Time. Did High Time make? <laughs> did uh, I? Oh yeah, get was it Get Rolling? Was that the album? Uh, I th- maybe was it? No, no, no. That's two thousand. Oh, this is this is. Yeah, this is. I'm just worried about the song, which is High Time. That's what it's called. Oh yeah, yeah. Every get, country get music rolling. record, bro. Get rolling. Yeah, get rolling. Released in 2022, November 18. Yeah. High time is the song you're in. You're questioning. I don't yeah, think it time. was a single. That's the problem. It wasn't a single, no. Yeah, so it wouldn't chart typically. Oh, okay. Typically, it's only the singles that will chart. I believe. Like, I hope. I hope that we're wrong. Because, like, she is from Texas, so she has that southern background to her, right? And, like, she's been around the music industry long enough to see and probably collaborate with country musicians as well. Yeah. And so it's like, I think that she definitely will come up with something good. I mean, she tends to just, everything she touches is gold, right? Obviously, like when it, like, from a marketing we may not, yeah. yeah, from a marketing perspective. Yes, yes, agreed. Yeah. So I think, I think it would be dumb if they didn't put her on the charts because it's just, you have so many of these artists who are considering themselves country artists, but they're not country. I don't, I don't consider them country artists. Yeah. Like I would almost consider them like a verge of hip hop with a bit of sprinkled country in there. Mm-hmm. So then by that theory, <laughs> Like, obviously, we haven't heard this album yet, so... Yeah. But by that theory, this should be on there, so... Yeah. Well, we will be discussing... Once that album does come out, we will be discussing uh, Beyonce's new album, Act 2. So, it's on the list. It's on the short list, so once it comes Instead out... Instead of all the single ladies, put your hands up, <laughs> it'll be all the hillbillies, turn your trucks on. <laughs> I swear, if it just turns into like this, like kitschy, like corny pickup trucks, and I will die. I will die laughing if Beyonce came out and was just, just purely just ditched all elements of her R and B soul and just came out just in like a cowgirl outfit and just played complete country twang like and then was just like my mama came down from the day right like I will I will actually howl <laughs> so much that would be funny to see. I would die. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um other news primary wave and in partnership with the uh village people uh the sons of the village people co-founders are looking to reinvigorate the band's image primary wave are the owners of the rights and publishing of the village people's music and image uh no specific plans have been announced but they're looking to bring the old disco band back into the mainstream i don't know why they're doing this but Primary no. Wave and the sons of uh, the Village People co-founders uh, are trying to make the Village People popular again. <laughs> but were they really popular? I mean, they were po- mean, popular in the disco, the disco era. They're like, no yeah, one, were they everyone ever... knows YMCA and Macho Man and uh, In yeah. the Navy. 
everyone knows those songs. I just know in the Navy because of the Simpsons. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know. I think it's terrible. I don't. The village I don't people? think it's gonna do well. I think the disco in general. Disco in yeah, disco in general. Yeah. Yeah. Uh well sticking on the disco thing, Ridley Scott, director of hit films like Alien Blade Runner, is in talks of directing an upcoming Bee Gees film. That would be interesting. Because I actually the last album the Bee Gees did, like but like it was not a disco sounding album. It was actually like like alternative rock kind of sounding and i think that that was really good and that was really well done but i i just don't see like any interest in listening or watching that i, I don't the think i have any interest in watching that yeah because i have i, I really want to see the new bob marley film like that would be cool right i was gonna um, ask you about the bob marley film because I haven't seen it. Is it out yet? It's out and critics oh. have uh it's mixed reviews by the critics. Mixed reviews. Okay. Um but they're also doing another one too of somebody else. I'm I can't sure remember who it is. I'm sure there's more. Yeah, but but like I I don't know. The BGs it's like okay. Yeah, you don't care about the BGs, but really Scott yeah. is the director. I don't know why they chose really Scott of all people, but See, and that's that's like I don't know. Is he actually going to do it though? Is he going to back out? Because everything that Ridley Scott has directed, <laughs> I have loved. That's so that's that's right. a good point. That's a very good point. Am I going to watch this just because Ridley Scott is directing it? <laughs> it's an interesting choice. I don't know why they chose him, but BG's film, I might watch that. That might be interesting. The Bob Marley one though, that just came out in theaters, I feel like I'm not going to watch it because like. Mm. I don't know. Every time something Bob Marley comes out or Marley generally, just the whole family thing, it always feels like a money grab by the kids. Mm -hmm. Whether it's those, um, the headphones that they do, or there's so many like Marley stuff, like speakers and turntables and like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, coffee. There's just so many things that are just branded. I'm like, uh, this is not, (laughs) you're just milking your dad's name i don't Mm -hmm. i don't know why this exists so like the film itself i feel like it's gonna be very much like um the bohemian rhapsody the queen biopic that they did it's just gonna be a watered down uh Mm -hmm. version of history of bob marley Mm -hmm. i'm not super excited about that one Fair enough. Well, I'll I'll report to you when I watch when I have time to watch it. Cool. <laughs> I don't think I'll be able to see it in theaters just because of my busy life here. But yeah, but yeah, we'll see. Um, other news: Sir Paul McCartney has reunited with a bass guitar that was stolen from him back in the '60s. Uh, he bought it for thirty British pounds, uh, and he used it extensively touring in America uh, and various albums. Uh, but it was stolen. Uh, back in the 60s, but now he's reunited with the instruments, which is 30 hilarious. British pounds <laughs> in the 60s. That's insane. 30 British pounds, 19, 1960 worth today. Let's see how much, how much that's worth. 30. Calculate. 865 uh, wow yeah. <laughs> that's that is retarded sorry that is that is insane 
that 800, is 865 british pounds that's what it's worth today holy jesus that's, christ that's nothing so you're telling me back in the 60s yeah. we could have gone into the music store and we could have bought a guitar for like maybe 50 bucks yeah <coughs> okay Infl- i'm just ending it right there inflation is a real thing inflation just like it's crazy the price difference that is crazy (laughs) (laughs) that i think that blew my mind more than (laughs) paul mccartney being reunited with his guitar he bought (laughs) i'm like wait a minute you're telling me that he bought this thing (sighs) yeah oh man anyways uh final piece of news uh and i do want to get your opinion on this uh so we talked about the super bowl last week uh, Alicia Keys did hit a bad note during the Super Bowl halftime show, uh, but when the video was reposted to YouTube and all the other streaming places, uh, the her voice was pitch corrected to remove that bad note that she sang Ooh. in the live event. Now, Eric, my question to you is, do you think they should have done that? Should they have corrected not just the Alicia Keys specific moment, but like, should they be correcting live performances uh, once it becomes like a video on demand type of thing? Because let me tell you, this isn't the first instance. If you look at um, Metallica always posts their like live stuff on their YouTube channel every single time. And people are always like criticizing Lars and like, hey, his hands and feet aren't moving to what's actually being uh listen to in the audio the drums and his movement don't match and they're always like correcting Lars's stuff when they repost it to YouTube Mm. and it's like a huge like debate in the Metallica community so I mean Mm. on one hand you know it's a it's wrong so do you want to release that into the world as wrong or should you just keep it as is because that's what actually happened I think that you should keep it as is. Yeah. Because I think there's there's just some human element to it that it's like even these, you know, the big timers make mistakes. Yeah. And sometimes there are happy accidents where you hit a wrong note and it actually you're like, "Oh shit, that sounds amazing." Uh for example, um the Red Hot Chili Peppers when they were recording, I believe it was Californication. There was a solo that John Frusciante was soloing over the song and completely played the song, like the solo in the complete wrong key. And <laughs> it just so happened to work. They recorded it and he's like, oh shit, I recorded it in the wrong key. And on the playback, they're like, actually, that sounds way better. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think it sucks because, like, yeah, when you're releasing a record, it's different. Like, obviously. Yeah, don't don't give me like pitch mistakes in a, in the record, because <laughs> yeah. that should be like perfection. Like you're putting your perfection into that. But for a live performance, I think you know, whatever. Like everybody makes mistakes. Like look at Adele. Was it the Oscars when she sang, or or was it the Did she the sing? award show? There was the award show where she sang and then completely messed up and then had the band start over again. Like she oh, stops yeah, yeah. the entire thing. Uh, I kind of wanted to say it was the Oscars, but could've I could be Grammys. wrong. Yeah. Uh, Grammys. Sunday's Grammys. It was the George yeah. Michael tribute, right? 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it was like literally like everybody's human. Everybody makes mistakes, right? Like you can't tell me that any of these artists are going to be, and, and you can't be pissed off that if they make like one, obviously if Alicia Keys came on there and was just like singing in the wrong key and just completely <laughs> off, then it was like, okay, maybe don't show, even release that to the public. <laughs> but, but I don't know if it's, if it's just like a one note, I, I think just leave it yeah. because I think then you're just ruining because again, like we're all human. Everybody makes mistakes. Nobody's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Chasing Dragonfly says on the fence, it's part of the magic to being at a live show. Like, yeah, it's a live performance. I should like, it should be human, not like corrected to shit. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Misleading to correct everything. So well, then, how many times have those bands started off, and or the like? You know, they're playing in their little water holes, and it was—it's literally like they're messing up, right? Yep. Like, how many shows do we play where it's like, oh yeah. shit, I forgot my distortion pedal, so I have to hit the button on the on the amp, <laughs> right? So it's like everybody messes up, but you work through it, and that's what makes it kind of you know intimate with that crowd. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well. Anyways, that's uh was the music news for this week. Eric, let's mm. move on. Album review time. Uh so for this week, the speaking of the the Super Bowl halftime show, we are going to be talking about Usher's brand new album, Coming Home. So Coming Home is the ninth studio album by American singer-songwriter Usher. It was released on February 9th, 2024, 2 days before his Super Bowl halftime show performance uh eric your thoughts on this album uh i mean i didn't hate it okay i actually didn't hate it but i also didn't like like it so i feel like i'm going to give this a very average score because um the one thing i noticed is that i kind of like i don't know what it is but when he creates a song, it's like he needs people with him to make the song a little bit better. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah because yeah, like yeah. I can't think of any single of Usher's where it's just Usher. Confessions. These confessions. are my confessions, okay. blah 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 blah. Whatever the lyrics are. I'm okay. pretty sure that's a solo. Is but but in terms of singles though, like how many are just him? Uh, there must be a lot, but no, I do get your point. Like, yeah, there are a lot of collaborations generally throughout his career. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, I, I, I don't know. Like I felt like some of the songs were actually like, I really liked the song with her. I think I'm saying that right. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, risk it all. Um, and it was written for the motion picture, the color purple, which I have not seen um i thought it was a kind of a cool song it's kind of like very ballady um definitely some of the songs sound like you're definitely going to the club but that's like at the beginning half of the album and then it slows down really significantly by the end Mm -hmm. uh i think the one pro one song i had a problem with and i was asking you on this and the song that's stuck in my head that i just cannot get out so could you please guess what Actually, song that is? This is for a bad reason, right? Just to clarify with everyone. Yeah, a bad reason, yeah. In actually, I'm tempted to say because A-Town Girl. 
so I can't stand it when artists <laughs> take a song that's already famous and they're just like, okay, we're just going to rewrite the lyrics, right? Some background. So A-Town Girl is track three on this album and it interpolates uh, Billy Joel's Uptown Girl. So it's like the mm-hmm. straight chorus, but instead of Uptown Girl, he replaces the A-Town Girl for Atlanta. And um, and he does give credit to Billy Joel as a, as a songwriter on this. Which, which I have a lot more respect for because I looked that up. As soon as it came on, I was like, hang on a second. Wait a minute here. It was, I just, it I was just, too close. It was way too close to be like, there's no way, way this too is close. Not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, way too close. Um, however, I did appreciate the fact that because like I don't mind if someone covers the song and it's like this is this is Uptown Girl by Billy Joel, but with a twist mm-hmm. about this girl in Atlanta. Okay, that I have no problem with for some reason. My brain can handle that, but it just can't handle when it's a completely different song and then the chorus goes into Yeah, it's just Uptown the Girl. Yeah, it's and it's just like, okay, hang on a second here. <laughs> yeah. So that song has literally been stuck in my head the entire time and it's the Billy Joel's version. Oh, um, okay. Okay. I just I just think that it's like, okay, if you're going to do it, just cover the song. Just cover the entire song and don't, don't do this. Please don't do this. Maybe I'm the only one who feels this way. I pro- I feel like I am, but I don't know. I I'm personally okay with the interpolation type of stuff because like mm-hmm. it's just gonna happen more and more um, <laughs> as we go along because people are just not creative enough to make up their own their own mm-hmm. melodies and songs and stuff. And it's a cheap way to get something, someone to to listen to your stuff. You just pay pay a percentage, and you already have something that uh, mm-hmm. someone already is familiar with. But th- this is your own song, technically. Um, so it's a cheap way of of getting that sort of attention. Uh, but I th- that song it didn't really bother me. It threw me for a loop when I first heard it. I was like, that's pretty close to that Billy Joel song. So I was mm-hmm. wondering like. Is this intentional or not? Um, but I, I, I was personally okay with that one. Um, I think I think the way you explained it was perfect and how I feel. I just think it's so like cheaply done and it's just uncreative, yeah. right? Yeah. Because if you want to create a song like Uptown Girl, right, then do it. Either change it or completely cover the song. Don't give it this half-assed song. Yeah, yeah, like... If if you wanted to do it in a bit more creative way, I think it should have been its own standalone chorus, like its own unique mm-hmm. chorus. But you throw in the oohs and the ahs that Uptown Girl has in the background mm-hmm. just to like throw it back to the Billy Joel song. But this one was a bit like too much on the nose. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But um, there is a song that I really liked on this album, uh, Keep On Dancing, which I would never mm. think I would hear it. Like I actually enjoyed that song. Like it was well nice. uh, made. I tended to actually like the songs that Usher did more on his own rather than having mm. a collaboration. Um, right. But I can see why people like the hits, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, he's a good, he, he knows how to write music. Right. And I think that's another reason why a town girl pissed me off because <laughs> It's just I, I keep I'm just sticking on this song. Is that he's talented? He can write a song. He can do it. It's just you know, like you just right. got lazy. You just got a little bit lazy there. Yeah. Um, I thought it was very well produced. 
this album was very it sounds really good um i don't know i i just think yeah what do you think uh few criticisms about this album um so i went into thinking i i really did not have high hopes for this because i was like okay Mm -hmm. it's an usher album it's gonna be he's just gonna go back to 90s r&b and it's gonna sound like it's from the 90s it's gonna sound really dated uh and to a certain extent it was there were it was definitely 90s r&b influenced because that's sort of where his roots are uh, but I appreciated that it didn't sound dated for the most part. There were a lot of like different synths used that are very modern there without it being like flavor of the day. Like he didn't try to tr- like capture a trend that is popular today um, just because that just to become popular. He definitely kept to his like R&B roots, 90s R&B roots, but he didn't make it sound a, a bit more modern. So I did appreciate that. I just feel like it was a bit, it was a bit boring overall. Mm. I wasn't like crazy about it, but it was okay. Um, the second criticism I have of this album is that there is way too many vocal ad libs. There are just segments of ton on ton of these songs where he is just ad libbing vocal lines. Now I don't know if. The lyrics are just like ad-libbed also, but he just goes off at certain points where it's not in rhythm with the song. And he's just like making, he's just doing vocal runs and just like making up words. And I was just like, this, this is too much. This is okay if you're doing a live performance, but on a record, Mm. it's like, it's crazy. (laughs) Mm. Um, So those are my main criticisms of this album. Otherwise, I think it's an okay album. Um, if you're into like the '90s R&B stuff and you're you're a fan of Usher, I feel like you'll be pretty happy with this because it it sort of mm-hmm. stays in that lane of mid tempo to slow tempo, uh, soul pop R&B type music uh, that you sort of expect Usher to be, without it being like oh he's already done this before, so. Mm-hmm. The songwriting is like pretty good. The songs sound incredible. Like it's well recorded, well produced, everything like that. Um, but at the end of the day, I don't think any of these songs are particularly memorable. Mm-hmm. There really isn't that like really big chorus that you you sort of associate Usher with because he ha- he has like some really memorable uh, hits. Songs. Yeah, Absolutely. Hits. Yeah. But this Absolutely. album, I don't know if there is one. Yeah, I don't know if he has it anymore yeah. to to make that hook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There isn't anymore. that big like, chorus on this one, which I don't know. Like, so, I definitely went in listening to this thinking it was, I'm going to hate this. This is going to be awful. Mm-hmm. This is going to be another week of just a terrible album. But I actually didn't hate it. I actually, like, it was it was enjoyable. It was, it was listenable. Mm-hmm right so yeah i just don't think he has the touch anymore yeah the songs are like good they're good enough it's just like there isn't there isn't really now do you think it's because he had this residency in vegas that he stuck there (laughs) writing writing this album just like i don't know like do you think that his next album, if he does come out with one, it will be better than this? No, I think it'll be the same. 
If he yeah. comes out with another album, I think it's going to be the same as this. Okay. Yeah. I I just don't think there is there isn't really a push in his life to really make an, an emotional song cuz so much of R&B slash 90s R&B is about like it's like there's a real emotional pull on those songs that you have to be in to really be singing mm-hmm. and writing about it uh being in love or breaking up with someone like those are the like core staples of that genre which right now he does not have he is mm-hmm. in i think he just got married after the super bowl he doesn't have any like heartbreak or anything like that or longing for someone that he, he can't yeah. get like there there isn't that element in his life so the songs itself aren't believable in that respect yeah right mm. Um, so if he comes out with another album, I'm pretty sure it's not going to, unless he like switches up genres completely, but if he sticks within this genre, there just isn't that, uh, emotional connection that I mm-hmm. feel like will be there. Watch him go like folk music. <laughs> <laughs> right, because, Usher, uh, Usher sounds like Bob Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be hilarious. That'd actually be really funny. Um, but okay. Anyways, <laughs> final thoughts, ratings, Eric, what are you going to give this one? Um, I'm going to give this a six out of 10. Ooh, I nice. didn't actually hate this album. There was a couple songs on here that I actually really liked. Um, but uh, other than that, like it was, it's definitely forgettable on my end mm. in terms of an album. But, uh, I think that, uh, like you said, if you're an Usher fan, you'll, you'll enjoy it. And I bet you any money, if any of those commenters go, start typing away on our uh, comment section on YouTube there. Uh, they will probably be like, you guys don't know what you're talking about, but I think that you guys would like, like this album as an Usher fan for sure. Uh, which reminds me, we did have some fan mail from the, uh, oh. Green Day. we'll, we'll close on that one. Just remind me to but I'm going to give this album uh, a five out of 10. Cause I feel like it is very average. It's just a very mm. average album. There's nothing particularly wrong with it, but there's part- nothing particularly good about it either. You could definitely mm-hmm. listen to it, put it in the background. It's a nice listen, but there isn't a reason to listen to this over and over again or come back to this album. It's just very, very average. So I'm going to give it a 5 out of 10. Um... Okay, perfect. So uh, for those of you following along with us every single week, the album that we are going to be uh, listening to and discussing next week will be the brand new Blackberry Smoke album, Be Right Here. Um, Oh, yeah. Hopefully it's good. We Both of us have not listened to this yet, so um, we'll we'll report back next week. I am excited. I am crossing my fingers that these guys make a really good album. (laughs) And... um, I guess before we wrap up, uh, we do have some fan fan mail from our uh, Green Day episode where we reviewed uh, Saviors, uh, Green Day's last album. Uh, so someone did comment. Uh, their comment was, this album is fresh. Unless you just don't love Green Day, you guys probably wouldn't have liked Dookie when it came out. Hmm. That's an interesting comment. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I personally, I think Dookie versus their brand new album are very different albums. 
Absolutely. <laughs> That's funny. That's really funny. <laughs> I don't know. They they seem like very different albums to me, but um mm-hmm. anyways, not very happy with us. <laughs> you know, we we need to develop a time machine. Go back when Dookie came out, and then we can do a podcast, and everybody will be like, "Why the hell are you doing a podcast? What is this?" Thing? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's hilarious. That's an interesting comment. <laughs> All right, perfect. Well, that is this week's podcast. Uh, we will be back here next Wednesday uh, at 10 p.m. ET, 7 p.m. PT. Uh, we are skipping next Monday, right? Yes, so. okay. Wednesday. It'll yeah. be Wednesday. So we will be here not this fall coming Wednesday, but the Wednesday after that. We will be back here at twitch.tv slash the crossroads music mm-hmm. podcast. Uh catch us on Spotify, Apple Music, all the places where you get your podcasts, uh, and then on YouTube where all the album review highlights are also. That's it. That's it for this week. Um happy family day to all you uh Canadians and happy presence day to the Americans. Um but yeah, that's the end of the show. Eric, any closing thoughts to wrap everything up before we leave? Cheers. Cheers.